Design Even after tossing and turning on the bed for a good one hour, sleep did not happen to him. Nishant had tried everything. Counting sheep, silent chanting, deep breathing, sleep music and so on. But sleep was still elusive. However hard he tried to divert his mind, it rushed back to those same thoughts. What was such a big fuss about this decision? He had taken a number of bold decisions in his life, but it seemed to be difficult this time. He was desperately seeking a sign, a hint from God to help him make his decision and bring an end to his sleepless nights. He played Yognidra, guided meditation on his mobile and closed his eyes. Nishan opened his eyes. He saw the waves hit the shore with all their ferocity. His onerous mind couldn't handle the turbulence. It was a tough call for him. His mind was like a firm rock, too stubborn to sit to all the changes around him. He wished the change to happen on its own, as he could not make it himself. He simply did not have the courage for that. Standing on the seashore, watching the waves crash into the rocks, he realized how the rocks could not prevent themselves from their changing shapes. He was in awe of the eternity of the sea. Out of his denial, he tried to build an allegory of the sea and its life. He wanted to look beyond the wall of his perceptions. It seemed as if a veil of conceit obscured his mind from any new perspectives entering. There had to be so much more to understand than he already knew, to accept which he had not done so far, before he takes that final call. He had always believed that there is a deep sense of purpose in whatever happens. He looked at the vast open sea for a clue, but the sea was stubborn, ignored his presence and kept smashing its waves on the rocks. He shifted his attention to look closely at the sea beach, but it did not help him either. He thought that possibly he is expecting too much from the sea. Nature does not work this way. Still, his deep sense of belonging to this moment abhorred him in accepting the thought. Recharged but picked, he turned to retreat when his eyes fell on a shining object lying on the beach. The object lay in front of a group of rocks. The surf and the waves gave a grey background to the shining object, which appeared to be a locket from this distance. The way it shone brilliantly, displaying rainbow colors, it looked as if it was a diamond at first. His heart skipped a beat. Is this the magical thing he was thinking for so long? His mind started imagining as how this piece of jewelry could be his lucky charm. He wasn't looking for diamonds, rather answers to his questions. For once, he thought of ignoring it, but then he thought to give it a try. He still believed in nature's divine intervention and its subtleties. One never knows what subtle signs God may show. He looked around and find himself as the only soul on the beach. So, there was no need to feel embarrassed in picking it up. He reached that object with a quivering heart and trembling hands, as Nishan envisioned the beautiful piece belonging to a girl who lost it while embracing her beloved, standing on this very rock. Now that they were gone and not traceable, he could collect it without any guilt. It was a brilliant shining piece of a coral, washed ashore, which had deposits of minerals and salts making it deflect light and appear shiner. For a split second, he felt disappointed, 
but the very next moment he picked it up and weighed it in his hands. He caressed it and kissed it. He thought it must be a souvenir from the sea for him, feeling grateful to the sea once more. This piece of coral filled his inner self with light and colors. Feeling ebullient now, he turned back to leave. He was getting late. At that precise moment when he turned to leave, he saw a crab, a large one, pink and off-white, on a rock crevice. It looked peculiarly large for a crab. Fascinated, he stopped and decided to spend a few of his moments looking at its activities. It looked like a happy, free, well-fed crab enjoying his moment under the sun. It was throwing up his limbs in all directions, perhaps trying to attempt a jump off the rock, which seemed too high for his size and there was a risk of hurting itself. Perplexed by the crab's behavior, he inched closer to the rock and realized that the crab, which until now appeared from a distance as if enjoying his day under the sun, was actually trapped in the crevice. A large wave might have smashed it against the rock and stranded it while receding, he surmised. He pitied the crab. Perhaps it would die there if not helped. He thought for once to turn back and leave. After all, he didn't have time for all this. Moreover, his own problem seemed to loom larger over his head presently. This insignificant crab and its plight seemed too inconsequential against his mental turmoil. There were presumably hundreds of crabs stranded on this beach waiting for their end. On a second thought, he felt that he could not change the destiny of all the crabs, but at least this one. This crab was as important as an entity and stood singularly unique in this world as he is and deserves to be rescued. He could relate to the agony of being trapped in a situation. As he approached the crab, he felt as if it was begging to be set free. Being a vegetarian, he despised the sight of the crab right from the outset. It felt too yucky and slimy to even touch it. But the disparate situation required disparate measures. Swallowing repeatedly to drown his nausea, he obscured his revulsion, firmly gripping his senses, lest they betray him. For the first time, he looked closely at the crab. What a bizarre creature it was. It had two front claws, followed by three pairs of legs, and one pair in the hind, which was larger and flatter like a spatula. A pair of small round bulging eyes at the base of the claws, looking at him in an amused, beseeching fashion. He didn't wait any longer. Out of four pairs of legs and one pair of claws, almost half the bandages were caught in the crevice. It couldn't free itself because each large wave shoved it further deep inside the crevice. The crab was trying frantically to escape, and as a result of successive waves hitting on high tide, more appendages got caught in the crevice. Carefully and slowly, Nishan tried to extricate all its legs and claws. He faced a peculiar resistance from crab, though, as he was bitten twice by it. Unable to understand the intention of the rescuer, with its small and full might, it tried to resist the hands of the destiny. Destiny, different from being devoured by an eagle or ending up on a dinner plate. Still, such was the power of destiny that it was eventually freed through Nishan's hands, which placed it gently on the ground. It rather jumped a little and started walking in its typical sideways gait, first slowly as if adjusting to its freed limbs, and then rapidly towards the sea. Nishant bent down to pick up the coral, 
which he had earlier collected and put down during the rescue. As he straightened up, he saw the crab on the edge where the sand met the sea. And soon after climbing on the first wave, it just lunged in the open and vast free sea. How foolish of him to think that the crab would turn and look at him and give some sign of gratitude. Nishan put the stone in his pocket and returned from the beach. He was one of the directors of the board of a well-established company. Their company did key projects for solar energy solutions for corporates and institutes. He had joined this company during its infancy. He remembered how he toiled day and night to establish a niche for this company in the market and bring it to the present state. Starting as a job for his livelihood, he never realized when it changed into a life for him. He would make excuses as lame as he could when his wife waited for him at the dinner table. His son grew up acknowledging his father to be too busy, even on weekends, to take him to fishing or camping like his other friends, but he never complained. Passionately and diligently, Nishan built this company with just one more partner. Later, as the company grew, more directors were added, and soon their company was labeled as one of the top 100 fortune companies. Out of his hard and unrelenting work to aggressive competition, it started taking a toll on his physical and mental health. His approach towards business was conservative, but time-tested. Newer market methods of risk never suited him. He liked to play safe. There were times when the company couldn't afford the risk as it was running on a shoestring budget. When the company grew, so did their turnover and risk-taking capacity. As the workload increased, they increased resources and built new offices in all the major cities of India. The work and its related pressures caused Nishan to drift from his passion of singing. Now he wanted to go back to it. He knew it would ease his troubled mind, but it appeared so distant and difficult for him. As the number of offices increased, the directors rose in number two, and more cutthroat ambitions started growing along with it. The company, though big enough, didn't have enough space for so much ambition in one boardroom. So sooner than Nishan thought, there was boardroom politics and private decision makings. Lobbies were being made and pitted against one another. Corporate managers were subjected to constraints imposed by the conflicting board of directors. With the losses, the stakeholders started withdrawing and creditors grew impatient. Portfolios were changed randomly every week. The working environment grew exhaustive and insecure. Within few years, Nishant noticed his position to shift drastically from being the founding member who took the company to its heights to just another member waiting for his pink slip. It pained him a lot. He never developed much of his assets nor believed in psychopancy. Thereby, when it came down to annexation of the company by a larger firm, he almost came down to the roads. However, Due to his performance record and being one of the founding members, he escaped from being asked to leave. But he was stripped off most of his work portfolios. How could God be so mean to him? Why was he being systematically expunged from this company which once belonged to him? Why? He tried hard to find the reason. In the annual board meeting, he wasn't even called for. That night, he wept at home. Next day, skipped work. To lose something for which he had worked hard, sacrificed his personal interest, was hurting him deeply. He read somewhere earlier that if one sacrificed too much for something one loved, he could end up hating it. This was the state of his mind. 
He spent hours to plan the ways to harm the company, to make his importance felt. He plotted sinister ways, like swindling with the investors and sharing his company's quotations in big tenders and the competitors. He had already decided that he would no longer work for the organization, but he never wanted to be ousted from the company. He had to build the right context to resign. Feeling unmotivated and useless, he found each day in the office as a sentence. He would stare endlessly at his table trying to find a reason for him to keep going. Yet he found it difficult to leave it and sail in the uncharted sea. Finding a new place of work and adjusting to it would be even harder. He was used to the working environment of the company, which was familiar and comfortable. He had become complacent. On the other hand, he could sense that his days in this company are counted now. After spending whole night tossing and turning in bed, he went to the sea beach for some fresh air that his mind needed. And while looking for signs from God, he found a colorful coral that led him to a crab that he freed. He had been like a crab, snarled in his circumstances, feeling miserable. All he had to do was to extricate himself and let go. He resigned from his company that afternoon. He didn't need a context now. He had a loud and clear indication from Almighty, the sign. He wrote a thank you note along with his resignation, wishing them success. A decision as major as this needed some time to seep in. He needed some fresh sea air and some solitude to reflect. So the next morning he again went for a walk on the beach and stood beside the rocks where he met the crab last morning. He touched the spot where the crab was struck. He looked at his palm. It had the same coral. He rubbed his talisman, his magic lamp that had guided him to the crab, which showed him the answers which he was seeking for so long. A floodgate of gratitude flowed from him and he closed his eyes.